Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about boys. We'll start with an article from Jackie called Boys Think, See, Hear, and Process Very Differently Than Girls. I share this important post by homeschool mom, Michelle Kasky, with her permission, because we both want to encourage and inspire you as you homeschool or consider homeschooling your boys. I just finished reading some eye-opening books by Dr. Leonard Sachs, Why Gender Matters and Adrift. I was amazed to learn that boys have many physical and mental differences than girls. These books include scientific evidence showing that they not only behave differently than girls, they also hear differently, see differently, think differently, and respond to stress differently. The things boys can learn are very similar, but the way they go about learning them is very different. Boys require a very different educational environment and teaching approach if they are going to help them reach their full potential. This explains why former generations had separate schools for boys and girls. They weren't as backward as we have been taught. Boys see differently. Males have more rods in their eyes versus cones. Rods help us to see distance and speed. Females have more cones than rods. Cones help us to see color and shape. Because of this difference, males tend to draw verbs with little color variation in their pictures, while girls tend to draw nouns with lots of different colors. When asked to draw a picture, Sally will draw a house with people and flowers and lots of pretty colors. Steve will draw a tornado which is knocking down a a house, and his picture will look like a large black swirl. How does that, what implications is that for teaching? Do not expect boys to draw something recognizable or to draw something with lots of colors. When we find fault in this way, they begin to think that art is for girls and not for them. Allow them to draw verbs and do it in a way that is fast and furious. Don't hold eye contact with a boy unless you're disciplining him. Boys hear differently. Baby girls can hear 10 times better than boys, and this difference gets even worse as they get older. Boys can only hear every third word or so of soft-spoken teachers. When they can't hear what their teacher is saying, they tend to drift off, getting some boys the incorrect diagnosis of ADHD. Boys also tend to make little noises wiggling and tapping pencils, which are irritating to girls, but they don't even realize they're making them. What implications does this have for teaching? Speak more loudly with your sons than you normally would and be very expressive. Use lots of voice fluctuation and hand motions to engage them. While working with your son, sit down next to him. Spread the materials out and look at them shoulder to shoulder. Boys, think differently. We don't know all of the differences in how boys and girls think, but we now know that their brains are arranged differently. We've all heard that we use the left side of our brain for verbal activities 
and the right side for art. Actually, we now know that this is only true in males. Males who have a stroke on the left side of their brain lose 80% of their verbal ability. The verbal ability in females who have a stroke on the left side of their brain is much less impacted, proving that their verbal ability is spread across both sides of their brain. There are many other differences in how male and female brains are arranged, and for more details, check out Dr. Sachs's books. What implications does this have for teaching? Book learning is essential, but without practical, hands-on experience, boys will be hard to, a hard, have a hard time grasping concepts that seem simple to us. They will disengage from their lessons. Boys need real-world world experiences in their education, which engage all of their senses. But so do many women. I think of Wilbur Wright's mother who taught him. Boys also need plenty of time outdoors. Boys have a hard time processing their emotions. Don't ask boys, how would you feel if? Ask them, what would you do if? kind of questions. Boys like to have at least some control over their environments. Put each day's schoolwork in a folder. Let them decide the order in which they will complete it. When studying literature, try these tips. Have boys draw maps based on clues in the book. Assign articles from the daily newspaper. Have them read books with strong male characters doing unpredictable things. A few examples are My Side of the Mountain Trilogy, Where the Red Fern Grows, The Indian in the Cupboard, Treasure Island, Mark Twain, Ralph Moody, Jules Verne, and G.A. Henty. They write great adventure books for boys. Boys see themselves differently. Girls tend to underestimate their own abilities. Boys tend to overestimate their own abilities. They also enjoy taking risks much more than do girls. The more a young man takes risks, the more favorable they are seen by their peers. Danger itself gives boys a pleasant feeling of exhilaration, as opposed to the fearful feelings it can cause in girls. Moderate stress also helps them to perform better as adrenaline causes more blood to flow to their brain. Stress has the opposite effect on girls. What implications do these things have for teaching? Boys respond well to a challenge if there are winners and losers. A competitive team format works better than individual competitions because they don't want to let their teammates down. Participating in single-sex activities such as scouts or team sports are very good for your sons. What about craving danger? If your son seems to crave danger, take these necessary steps. Give them lessons with a professional, for example, skiing, to help them more accurately evaluate their own abilities. Supervise your child. Their risk is lower if they aren't allowed to be alone with groups of peers because they will be less likely to try to show off for their friends if an adult is present. Assert your authority. Don't argue with your son. Don't negotiate. Just do what you have to do. For example, locking up their bike or something like that. Factors in his environment. By the way, the optimum temperature for learning for boys is 69 degrees, while it is 74 degrees for girls. If you set the temperature so that it's comfortable for you, you may find your sons fall asleep or their mind wanders instead of focusing on their lessons. If you have the opportunity to set up a single-sex learning environment for your children, that works well. Try using different methods to teach your sons as opposed to the ones you use to teach your girls, and you'll be amazed at how your son responds to your efforts. 
Armed with this knowledge, we can set up more ideal learning environments where we can engage our sons and help them to reach their full potential. For more information, check out Dr. Sachs's book in the Parent Help section of the bookstore for, of Michelle's. Michelle is a mom to boys. Homeschooling boys can be harder, but I'm here to tell you that having sons is a blessing, and it's possible to connect with them and enjoy spending your days with them. My desire is that Homeschool Your Boys will be a place where parents can inspire their sons, be inspired to teach their sons an environment which will engage their minds and their hearts. If you go to the original article and click on Michelle's profile photo to go to Homeschool Your Boys, this insightful blog is a treasure trove. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well-baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. This next article it's called A Confused, Debauched Culture and the Trend of Boys Painting Their Nails. Raising boys today is a challenge, especially when they are bombarded with strange and wrong messages of what it is to be a man. Our culture has fallen off the cliff, devaluing truly manly men, traditionally masculine men and fathers, real gentlemen, who lead their home, personal lives, and family well. Not too long ago, there was a J. Ad, J. Crew ad with the company's president and creative director, Jenna Lyons, painting the toenails of her son, Beckett. She had painted his toenails pink and stated, Lucky for me, I ended up with a boy whose favorite color is pink. Toenail painting is way more fun in neon. This is a dramatic example of the way that our culture is being encouraged to abandon all trappings of gender identity, psychiatrist Dr. Keith Abloh wrote in a Heath column about the ad. Media Research Center's Aaron Brown agreed, calling the ad blatant propaganda celebrating transgendered children. Not only is Beckett likely to change his favorite color as early as tomorrow, Jenna's indulgence or encouragement could make life hard for the boy in the future. J. Crew, once known for its tasteful clothing, apparently does not mind exploiting Beckett behind the facade of liberal transgendered identity politics. However, to some people, it seems innocent, even cute. A photo of a mom and her young son laughing adorably as she paints his toenails hot pink. Mainstream media declared, so what? It's just painting his nails. But we are destroying families and vital relationships. Anyone who is a member of a parenting group forum or club today knows the scale of parents' posts on their children, saying they may be gay, trans, bi, etc., the trend of boys, gay or not, painting their nails is just one of the topics. Parents catching their children having sex with best friends in early childhood, as they are told that love means being gay, and they've heard the specific how-tos of sex in school. Girls are often on birth control by 12 or 13. In many cases, they ask for it, and so on. The number of other parents commenting that it's happening in their family is staggering, too.
Any dissenting or questioning voices, in this case to nail painting, are met by aggressive attacks. The following social media page is more benign than most, but some, but it shows how all this is tearing families apart in irreparable ways. When a concerned father finally actually tries to address his son's behavior, the mother often supports the son. Of course, that father very much may or may not have been involved with all the years prior. But ripping men to shreds has been seen in commercials, shows, and movies for decades, so it is now normalized in many homes. Where does all this lead for humanity? The following social media thread reveals the cultural pressure to leave a husband who disagrees with their son or child. Here are a few of them. Lauren, I think this issue at hand is your intolerant husband and his behavior. Love your son and find a man who loves and supports your son unconditionally. Painting nails should be the least of your concerns. You should be proud to have a child that is strong and willing to express themselves as who they are, regardless of what others feel. You have a strong and inclusive child. Now you need a husband who is the same. Violet. Pick your son or the homophobe. It's a trend. Lots of straight boys are doing it. It doesn't mean anything, but your kid is at a higher risk of suicide if he's gay, living with this guy. Carl says, My almost 17-year-old son has been painting his nails black whenever he feels like it since he was 15. Lucy says, It's definitely a thing now. My son's roommate in college started painting his nails and then asked my son if he could paint his. My son liked it and repainted his own several times. Both boys are as straight as they come. Lila says, Whew, I'm sorry. That's a marriage ender for me. I would never be able to look at that man again without wanting to vomit. Kelly says, My 14-year-old son absolutely would paint his nails if the mood and opportunity struck him simultaneously. I'm a high school teacher. Kids these days are much less restricted by social mores than, ch than kids of past generations. Missy, take them and leave. Absolutely do not stay with someone who talks to or treats your kid this way. It will scar them for life if you stay. And also shows them you didn't have their backs and that it's okay to be treated or treat others that way. Not good. And finally, Macy says, I could not get, stay married to a transphobe, homophobe, Bigot, you're showing your children right now how you feel about them by staying with this man. So what is the solution for a Christian family? The first step would be take your children out of government indoctrination systems and never put them back in. Homeschool or private school, and if that seems impossible, pray and ask God to show you the most important thing. Our pushback has to start in our homes with how we model joy and peace, and it also needs to start very young in our children's lives with intentional conversations and teachable moments. Let's not allow our children to be confused with mixed messages, especially with something as important as gender identity. They are getting horrible messages in the public school system. <clears throat> Although our two sons are now men and no longer little boys, I want to raise an alert to those who may still be in denial. The world is actively feminizing our little boys. Hello, our culture has blurred the lines between genders and showers scorn on those that hold to the way God designed us to be men and women. Clothing design, mainstream media, campus housing, marriage, and sports are only a few areas in which we see this happening. Raising our boys is a very special job and we must take it seriously. I'm so thankful God blessed us with two sons to mold and teach to become young men. It was obvious they wanted to be like their daddy long before they could be encouraged in any one direction by others. Little boys naturally want to be just like their dad. 
I would often ask one of them, can you please help me carry these grocery bags? I need somebody big and strong to help me. They would come running to help me, showing me their muscles and telling me how strong they were. Both would say, I'm big and strong like daddy. They wanted to be manly men, just like their father. They saw their dad opening the door for me, and so they did too. They would be climbing trees or way up in a three-story barn rafter. I do not recommend this. Or trying to fix or figure out something mechanical or making their sticks into weapons without the help of a TV to give them ideas. We decided early to ditch the TV so that we would have time to really do life. A boy needs to know how to get dirty and then clean up. I wish I could find the picture of them shoveling manure at my husband's family's dairy barn. And as a caveat, I am not talking about the wide range of God-given physical features or strength here. A man doesn't need to be ruggedly built or look a certain way to be a wise, capable leader. And if there is a disability, the work becomes that of developing the mind and the inner spirit of the man. Hard work doesn't always have to be physical. Also, they need to learn to value a good book, comfort a hurt child, help a neighbor or grill steaks as much as playing and wrestling with each other. Help them balance their time. Boys need to be able to take some risks as well, to be allowed to get hurt so they know how to deal with pain and stress, because they will most certainly be more in their future. They need to know how to work hard and think critically under the guidance of a manly teacher. They need to be exhorted to holiness in their thought life, and they need to play hard. Boys need to be equipped to be fathers of boys and daughters someday. Thomas Edison said, The mind of a child is naturally active. It develops through exercise. Give a child plenty of exercise for body and brain. The trouble with our way of educating is that it does not give elasticity to the mind. It casts the brain into a mold. It insists that the child must accept. It does not encourage original thought or reasoning, and it lays more stress on memory than observation. It occurs to me to say that we did and still are doing this very imperfectly. While these photos may portray a picture-perfect family, we're not perfect, not by a long shot. And I don't pretend we had or have it all together. The grace we are presently experiencing, on and off, is only achieved through through much time spent on our knees. We still have so much growing to do. Please do not use this post to beat your husband over the head. It will only do harm. The book Raising Real Men, Surviving, Teaching, and Appreciating Boys by Hal Young and Melanie Young is very, very helpful. But what if there is no father in the home? My heart aches for the boys that have no father in the home. Mamas, do not despair. In 2 Corinthians 6.18, God says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God can and will be a real father to you and your children. Call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Pray earnestly for someone to come alongside to be a safe, masculine father figure in their life. Often a grandfather can be that man, provided his input will be edifying. Further, the Bible has something to say about the role of a mother that is vitally important. Paul the Apostle, talking of his spiritual son Timothy, said, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Mothers can raise godly, masculine young men without a father with the help of Almighty God. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18.14 As Monica, Augustine's mother, found out, 
In God there is great mercy, great grace, and great power. It is no secret that Jackie loves TRS, but some have asked exactly what is TRS. TRS is a nano zeolite spray that facilitates some amazing things. TRS does not heal anything, but it gently clears the body of toxins and heavy metals, so the body can heal itself exactly as God designed it to do. Why not get to the root cause instead of just applying band-aids? Excellent supplements and individual remedies can help, but they cannot help as much until you remove the root source of inflammation and disease. Detoxing toxins and metals is foundational to good health. TRS is safe for the elderly and for children as well. For more information, go to www.deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. So let's look at some character building book resources for raising younger boys. Elizabeth Wilson, author of Books Children Love, writes, A book must be read, must readily catch and hold the young reader's interest. Then it should do some or all of the following things. It should provide a ma- magic carpet to transport the child to faraway places, offer fascinating insights into lives different than his own, give sheer joy or wholesome entertainment, increase understanding of that which is real and true, Incorporate significant ideas or issues in a natural, credible manner. Stimulate imagination or creativity. Encourage logical thought, curiosity, and questions. Provide clear and accurate information on a specific subject. But even as importantly academically as all that is, the moral, ethical, and often spiritual impact conveyed by books cannot be overlooked. When a young child identifies with either a real or a fictional character in a book, who demonstrates with courage or faith or honesty or determination or kindness or any one of the qualities so important to nurture in a child's character. All those values are reinforced in the child's consciousness. When the harmful effects of dishonesty, unkindness, carelessness, hypocrisy, and other wrong behavior are observed in the course of a story or in a nation's history, the truth is learned with lasting effectiveness. Our website, one website, endorses great Christian books boys will read. After a quick scan, I must say, this is not what I was speaking of. Let's instead offer rich meat and not such trashy, pointless junk to our boys. Books like these will certainly develop their taste for aimless self-pleasure and undermine their resolve to live a powerful life that makes a difference while it glorifies God. I cannot overstate how much The books I'm about to recommend were beloved by our younger children. While they may look pretty boring or tame to you, they were not dull or boring, but they captured the imagination while also forming their sense of right and wrong. A marvelous combination. The book resources that follow will instill virtues in boys, or girls for that matter, virtues such as self-control, honesty, faithfulness, purity, courage, persistence, dependability, compassion. If you've ever doubted that God takes a hand directly in the lives of children, read Uncle Arthur Maxwell. His simple stories have the power to rivet younger children on the spot. They know he's talking about them. Each story is an entire moral or biblical lesson, but not boring in the least. Even our kids at 12 or 13 love these stories. Putty in our hands at bedtime. Once we were able to capture our children's imagination with with a great short bedtime story, 
I found that they were putty in our hands in the bedtime department. I found that they, with reading with them, made them eager to start clean up and bath time for bed, followed by reading and prayer. Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories are still some of our favorites to make us all nostalgic for those sweet childhood days. We found all 20 volumes years ago in perfect shape at a thrift shop for $50. Looking on Amazon, I found nine of these volumes, nine through 12, for $9.17, and several volumes, volumes five through eight, for $4. I encourage you to use these book resources as motivation and encouragement for the younger children to grow in obedience and a cheerful, willing spirit. Don't use reading before bed as a bribe, but as a carrot. Sadly, great books are disappearing. One of the earliest resources to read for teaching character was the Miller Family series. These chapter books are among my top picks for younger children, from the littlest, who you will hold on your lap, to age 12-ish. They were a pleasure to read and brought great laughter and enduring insights. Although we're not Amish, our children have said these books will be read to their little ones someday. They are a tool to reinforce discussions that we aren't sure how to approach with our children. They're so well-written, they grab your heart. They speak to your heart as well as to your head. Rather than having the children read these by themselves, this series is perfect for reading aloud and the rousing discussion afterwards. It will leave them thinking. Rich in meaning, these truly character-building stories should be chewed on for a while, not swallowed whole. The kids up to 12 and 13 loved when I would read chapter books to them, while they're quietly colored or built with Legos on the floor, specifically resources like Christian Heroes Then and Now Missionary Series. Ralph Moody was eight years old in 1906 when his family moved from New Hampshire to a Colorado farm, to a Colorado ranch, that is. Through his eyes, we experienced the pleasures and perils of ranching there early in the 20th century. You will read about auctions and roundups, family pictures, irrigations, wars, tornadoes, and windstorms giving authentic flavor to The Little Britches, book one. The adventures wonderfully told equip Ralph to take his father's place when it becomes necessary. We read Bears of Blue River aloud with our children when they were about 10. Although they were all good readers, this was a book we wanted to process out loud as we read it. There's a scary part where the fire bear appears to be glowing and even supernatural. The details from Major's story were true and touched on natural science. Fire bears became bioluminescent with phosphorus, making their beds in foxfire from decaying woods of old tree stumps. Don't be deterred. This is a wholesome adventure at its finest, and your boys will love it. Bridie of the Grand Canyon and King of the Wind are examples of excellent, wholesome historical literature for children. So much to capture a child's interest in these two books. For the pre-reading child, ages 3 to 6, ready to learn more about God, here are several simple resources to explain complex beliefs. Ours liked to hear these stories read over and over again, and they would ask questions. Teach Me About God covers salvation, prayer, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Loving One Another contains eight animal stories based on scripture that will help littles to discover why getting along and loving your neighbor is the very best way. And finally, book resources for raising boys headed to manhood. Raising boys has undergone some major challenges lately, and many parents are at a loss. In our postmodern culture, we've become addicted to ease and entertainment. 
This has really stripped boys of a lot of the manly character building that they used to go through on their way to becoming men. It has fostered generations of educated yet often unproductive and weak-willed men. Resources for Raising Boys Headed to Manhood Bob Schultz's books should be at the top of the list for raising boys. Our sons both respected Mr. Schultz and gained significant insights from his books. They recommend them and I went, I want to as well. These three books aren't like many of the best-selling books in the manhood genre. The author's insights are much more down-to-earth, moral, and useful. This is real stuff for regular guys who are just trying to do their best every day. Not only for young men, but for grown men who maybe did not have a mentor to explain the practical side of growing up and making wise choices along the way. Boyhood and Beyond, this is a classic life book for raising boys and it's timeless. While using stories about such things as dirty diapers, turkey hunting, camping across the country, Robbie's rocket, and the invention of hook and loop tape, Mr. Schultz gives practical wisdom for becoming a man. It covers topics such as authority, forgiveness, and honesty, as well as learning to overcome things like fear, laziness, and temptation. It motivates boys to build their lives on a foundation of strong moral principles. In the book Created for Work, Mr. Schultz uses homespun, highly engaging stories from real life to teach young men and boys what it means to be good workers and most of all makes it something they desire for themselves. All young men should be on the road to developing a healthy attitude towards work. God is looking for young men who are not afraid to work hard, to get their hands dirty, who can follow instructions, deal honestly, think critically, respect authority, and cheerfully get a project done well in a reasonable time. That is the backbone of strong families. The book Practical Happiness offers tremendous counsel to young men who brave, who behind their brave and independent exteriors are searching for answers. Short, captivating stories are crafted in such a way as to lead young men toward a life of contentment that can only be found by seeking the heart of God. It will not be found in what they have, what they do for excitement, or where they go, but in their attitude in response to life, especially when it is not going their way. I go so far as to recommend them to inexperienced mothers and fathers who are questioning what raising boys entail. On June 13, 2008, Bob Schultz died unexpectedly of heart failure. Our family was terribly sad, for we felt we knew this wonderful man. In his final book, Bob Schultz delves into God's purposes for battles and conflicts in our lives. The book is called Everyday Battles, and it offers perspective on how to find God in the heart of daily decisions. Again, written for young men, this book will help anyone who desires to experience a vibrant, moment-by-moment walk with God. These books can be read aloud or read in a group. There are discussion questions at the end of each chapter. I would say the recommended ages for boyhood and beyond is 10 and up. Created for work is 12 and up. Practical happiness read on their own is for 12 through 15. Or can be read aloud for ages 9 through 11. Are you ready and willing to do the hard work of raising young contenders for the faith? Men of valor and virtue? Men who have vision and embrace manhood? We have a loving Lord who will help us do just that when we ask for wisdom to accomplish it. Charlotte Mason says, Education is a life. That life is sustained on ideas. Ideas are of spiritual origin. And God has made us so that we get them chiefly as we convey them to one another, whether by word of mouth, written page, scripture word, musical symphony. But we must sustain a child's inner life with ideas as we sustain his body with food. 
And finally, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time.